0: Welcome to episode 183 of The Digital Life, a show about our insights into the future of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host Dirk Niemeyer. Greetings, listeners. So for the podcast this week, we'll be discussing the very difficult job of parenting in the digital age. So we have a digital life, and all of our kids are going to have digital lives too. So how do we manage that while we're trying to figure out how to be parents in the real world at this uh, intersection of technology and family. So to get us started on that, last month, the American Academy of Pediatrics released a study on children and adolescents and digital media. So they gave some uh, evidence-based benefits for digital media. So let's talk about the good stuff first. Uh, Digital and social media Uh, could help with early learning, exposure to new ideas and knowledge, increased opportunities for social social contact and support, uh, and new opportunities to access health promotion messages and information. So those are the positives. Uh, Risks they included were uh, negative health effects on sleep, attention and learning, uh, higher incidence of obesity and depression, Exposure to inaccurate, inappropriate, or unsafe content and contacts. And compromised privacy and confidentiality. So those are all the things that you would expect would be a problem. You know, we've uh, delved into a number of those. In fact, last week we were ruminating about all the fake news, and uh, you really shouldn't believe uh, most of what you read online, right? Uh, so, so one of the recommendations coming out of this American Academy of Pediatrics study was that you have a, uh, some kind of plan that you articulate as, as part of your, uh, as part of your sort of family contract. Like how, how can you be explicit about what the rules are and, you know, how are you planning, uh, to have your, your kids grow into the digital life. So, uh, having, um, some some young youngsters of my own i i know the uh the concerns that i have about rolling out the digital life uh too quickly or just the wrong parts of it at the wrong time so um, what are the right
1: parts john
0: So that's a good question. I mean, part of this is a discussion really about media exposure as well because, I mean, we're talking about it as if it's uh, multiple things. And and certainly the social media and content creation and contact with other people, you know, meeting people online is certainly a, uh, um, you know, something new. Uh, but there are aspects to digital consumption that are much the same as, you know, when we were kids. So, for instance, uh, you know, Sesame Street just now happens to be on HBO instead of uh, going first to public television. And, of course, you can get HBO Now on your, um, on your uh, phone or on your uh, laptop, or, or what have you. But at the same time, HBO now has a lot of stuff that kids should definitely not be looking at, right? Yeah. So so there's this combination of immediate access, and then sort of a variety of content that is, you know, sometimes appropriate and sometimes not. So um, in addition to what used to be television viewing and is now streaming viewing, which I just described, then there are all kinds of uh, of educational games and I'm using uh air quotes there uh because uh, you know some of this stuff is you know not so educational and then there's of, of course all the fun gaming like there was a huge pokemon go craze at my house uh where you know finding new pokemon uh was was you know what the kids wanted to do and so my wife would take them uh, all over the place to go to different pokey stops, which was actually pretty good because they were getting out and walking around and finding these these uh, uh, funny creatures. But I, I think what gets to the heart of it is that there's such a huge variety of different kinds of content and then also sort of the variety of of people that you can meet online so having different gates and different ways of of controlling that as parents i think is important um, I'll, I'll start off with, with with some of the things that i've found helpful and mm. i might have shared this with you before
1: yeah.
0: um so uh, i discovered or early on that my my son was very interested in my wife's phone and would, you know, we, we pick out a game for him, uh, and then he would inevitably end up on YouTube watching something that was, you know, of questionable educational value for sure, oh dear. uh, just because he could, you know, poke at things with his, with his little fingers. So, um, actually Amazon has this kid's, uh, um, I'm gonna forget the name of the app. I think it's called free time. Uh, and then you can you can control both the the number of hours they watch uh, as well as sort of what days of the week they they watch it on. So you can have different rules depending on whether it's a weekend or a you know a weekday. Yeah. and then another thing is uh, Amazon provides that filter that says like, hey, these these are games. these are you know ebooks. these are television. Or you know whatever video programming, and you can have different rules for each of those things as well. So you can create a nice matrix of of possibilities for the uh, for the kids that you have uh, rules for. Now that that works fine so long as you know my son can't figure out my passcode, or uh, you know it's not he's not to the age yet where he's going to care about texting with his um, compatriots, but you know that's that's coming. Uh, Dirk, I, I know you're sort of uh, have to struggle with the, all the same issues that I do. What's your, what's your initial take on, on rules for uh, letting kids into the digital age?
1: It's a tough one. Um, you know, my daughter is six, and she, number one on her gift list for about a year now has been um, her own phone. And that's, you know, been consistent. Usually when something's number one on her gift list... It's that day, that way one day, and then a month later it's something totally different. That phone is top of mind, and, and she definitely wants it. Wow. Um, uh, you know, what she's responding to is the photographs and the texting. So she sees us able to text with each other. She's participating in texts when I text my wife, and then my daughter is putting little funny faces in there and stuff. Um, so it's that sort of communication. Um with people she cares about. And I even say to her, I'm like, who would you even text with, Elena? You know, and she says, well, you and mommy. And I say, well, we're always in the next room. You know, you don't, you don't need to text with us. But it's, she's attracted to that form of self-expression and remote communication, um, most particularly, and then the ability to take pictures, to capture um, her life, capture things that she's interested in, and, um, and look at them. Because, her, you know, her favorite thing to do at restaurants is says, hey, Daddy, let me look through the pictures. And she likes to take the phone and um, much more than watching a video or something else, you know, she likes to see pictures of the family and ostensibly herself, right? Um, so you know, I've, I've struggled with it because, uh, you know, I, as you know, I have a low tolerance for dealing with a lot of technical fiddliness. And I'm sure that if I would be able to stomach technical fiddliness, I could get her a phone, I could wall it off so it was just texting to a limited number of people and you know sort of a safe round trip that would seem age appropriate and parentally approved and that would be okay. but there isn't something that's just simple and easy. it's, it's gonna be a huge pain pill and I'm like, oh God, like you know unless I'm super diligent and paying attention to the details and, and right on top of this thing, you know, it's a, it's a veritable Pandora's box of things that I would rather her not have access to in, in one way or another. So um, it's tough. You know, I, you know, we do try and limit screen time. I mean, for me, it's, it's all just guesswork, right? I mean, I know if, if you put them on the, the, the screen all day, that isn't good, right? Um, but what is it really? You know, you, you forwarded the article from the New York Times and the recommendations they had in there are totally inconsistent with what any parent I've ever met has ever told me about what they do on screen time. So, you know, someone there was a like half hour a day or something like that. That's berserk. I mean, we are, you know, an hour a day, typically two hours a day, like on the weekends or some special times. And we're less than anyone that I've ever talked to who's a parent before. I'm sure there's some parents that are less, but, you know, my peer group of well-educated, you know, tech-savvy, um, progressive parents, um, there's a lot of hours of screen time going on. And so, you know, we've got sort of our, our number, and it's, it's kind of like lick my finger and put it in the air and just kind of hope, hope that, that I'm counting on the wind blowing in the right direction. Um, Because whenever I see, you know, these, the official, you know, what the screen time should be, it's rubbish. It's totally disconnected from the real world and and how people live in the world and how people parent. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, all of these things, this ecosystem are things that I'm aware of. They're things that I try and manage. But whenever I see the official guidelines, it's kind of like the food pyramid. You know, it's like, yeah, I have a, a thumbnail full of meat and a basket full of vegetables every day. Well, no there are some people who live that way, but most people don't and and the the sort of guidelines around this stuff really rang that way to me as well. They're impractical and in being impractical they're unhelpful um, because they're out of step and out of touch with how people are living their lives
0: Yeah, I think um, you know that's an interesting word or uh, reference you made to it being a Pandora's box, right so uh, that's a. Interesting viewpoint that, uh, you know, there can be uh, a lot of things that that, of course, uh, we don't want our kids getting into. And and the uh, the Greek mythological uh, uh, reference there, I I think, puts sort of the the right um, uh, the right amount of trepidation, at least at least for me, because there is this sort of evolution of. Uh, our children's access to to digital things, which starts right now I mean for, for us they're you know kind of young but then then you're, we're going to get into middle school and high school uh, and and then there's going to be the entire aspect of you know sort of social communication uh, that's that's available, which will be you know another aspect to this Pandora's box, which I, I am really not looking forward to at all. Um, I may be over uh, uh, overly worried about it, but um, but yeah,
1: I just I, I can see that being being particularly fraught. Uh. I think we probably are overly worried about these things, but we don't know what we don't know, and we cherish our children and we want to protect them, right? And so we're probably in, in a certain conservative way horribly erring, but we're doing it with the best of intentions, and I don't think the erring that we're doing is particularly harmful. It's not going to harm the children, that we're giving them less technology access or less screen time, then, then probably would be okay.
0: Yeah, I, I remember, you know, as a kid, uh, my very good friends had cable television. Um, so you you can figure out where we we hung out most of the time was in there, you know, uh, in their TV room because we just had access to to cable and uh, you know in my in my house we only had three channels or whatever it was yeah. you know in the seventies and uh, yeah I just remember thinking that cable was like like this like. Only good and, and like all the stuff that I wanted to see was on cable, yeah. whether it was like MTV in the early 80s or just like an endless deluge of cartoons. So I actually worry a little bit less around screen time because I know my parents were very diligent about like just an hour of television when you're at
1: home or whatever. Yeah. And I just circumvented that by hanging out at my buddy's house. Well, and that's how it works, right? I mean, when, when things are prohibited, people find a way to to get at that prohibited thing, it's all the more attractive. Um, You know, for me, it was less cable television. We had cable television, I didn't get to watch a lot of it, but it was more, um, you know, my parents' house was like a museum, and if I would ever raise my voice or if anything would go out of place, I would be in in deep trouble. Um, And they also had no sweet snacks, and so I would spend uh, all afternoon at my friend's house, whose parents were never there. The cupboards were full of little Debbie's, and we could do whatever the hell we wanted. Um, I went out and sought out that which was prohibited uh, to me in my environment, and that has nothing to do with screen time, but it has to do with psychology and children. Yeah, that's that's another good
0: reference there. So, so the New York Times article that you referenced was a uh, uh, sort of a unscientific survey of of a columnist's um, uh, s- a group of. Uh, we'll call it friends and colleagues, but I found some of the uh, information on setting boundaries
1: interesting, uh, or at least gave me some food for thought. Um, did you did you also feel like it was sort of silly and unreasonable, or did it seem more um, useful to you? So I I always look at
0: um, you know. Sort of the advice that's that's given in uh, unscientific (laughs) surveys as being more like a Dear Abby kind of advice, Mm -hmm. which is like that's you know what Dear Abby is saying, and you can either sort of take it or leave it. (laughs) So so I'm never all that uh, uh, you know like my filter for for those is 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 not all that um, strong really. Uh, but, but here are some of the ideas that I thought, you know, could, could um, uh, be helpful. So w- one of the ideas was starting off with uh, purposely limited devices. So, you know, surprisingly, the flip phone still has a place in, uh, in our technology ecosystem if you want to give somebody a phone and they can just make phone calls on it. Um, so What's a uh, phone? Yeah. Right. (laughs) What is a phone. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And certainly I, I know, um, you know, folks who just need to make phone calls. Um, so, so they have flip phones. Um, also, uh, writing down what the expected behavior should be. So whatever your rules of the road are, you know, putting those down in writing somewhere. Uh, so you, you have a referenceable, uh, set of rules. Um, we, do, we already talked about time limits different during the week and weekend, but at least having a structure to those. I'm I'm guilty of not having really any sort of time limits for the for the kids on screen time. Uh, I find they get bored with whatever they're watching and want to go play with their trucks anyway. So yeah. um, I haven't really enforced time limits, but, uh, you know, it's certainly there. Um this one I thought was interesting, charging all your phones or devices in one place at night, right? So everybody in the family sort of turns in their devices at a certain time, or maybe the kids just do it and they all sort of charge together. Uh, so making it a, family, a family-based activity that you're unplugging before
1: bedtime. Well, I mean, that deals with the parenting and children aspects, but it's also a more holistic statement about the use of screens for everyone. hmm yeah, I, th- I thought that
0: was pretty neat. I can tell you since um, uh, it would largely be symbolic for me since we all know that uh, there's laptops and, and tablets and everything else. We're certainly not going to pile up every device that we own and well, charge it.
1: I mean, one of the many pieces of silly advice in that article was some guy just uh, disconnects the Internet every night, and mm-hmm. just, just disconnects it. I mean, I don't know what world that individual is living in, but it might be a shaker community or something because I don't see how that's even feasible in the work world that, that I'm familiar
0: with. Yeah, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't work for me, certainly. I imagine if you're in another field and you're not interested in, uh, you know, uh, emailing later into the evening and or... You so if you're like
1: in car washing or machine part assembly, maybe well, those...
0: If you're in something where at, at 5 o'clock or at a set time at night you're off yeah then perhaps Uh, although i mean certainly we're emailing like with the kids school and stuff like that i mean it's not just restricted to you know uh uh, my own sort of uh work Uh, additionally we stream so much on netflix i mean if you turned off the internet i suppose I'd be frustrated by that and immediately go and turn it back on. You'd have to read a book, John. A book. I know. Yeah. I, I I love reading, and but at night I'm so uh, well. I fall asleep in front of Netflix too. So whenever I open a book at night, I'm like, uh, you know, fall asleep because my <laughs> eyes are so tired. But that that's a separate problem. Uh, so yeah, it seems like the the getting our kids into the digital life is going to be a, a constant, um, evolution and something that we require a lot of flexibility around. Uh, and, 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 and I'm okay with that. Um, you know, I, I'm all right with that, but it, but it definitely does keep you on your toes and I am by no means looking forward to adolescence with, (laughs) with these devices that, you know, I have a lot of fear and trepidation about that. But I'm sure uh, we'll talk about that on the show, uh, you know, s- sometime in the future when we start having those personal experiences. As the gray hairs pop out more and more, right, Sean? That's right. Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to thedigitallife.com. That's just one L in the digital life and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody, so it's a rich information research, uh, resource to take advantage of while you're listening or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. You can find The Digital Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and Google Play. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. Of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at goinbo.com. That's G-O-I-N-B-O.com. Dirk?
1: You can follow me on Twitter at D That's at D-K-M-E-M-E-Y-E-R. And thanks so much for listening.
0: So that's it for episode 183 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time.